With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. What were you doing when Kevin Weeks tweeted that out? What was I doing? Um, you know, I can't remember exactly where I was or what I was doing, but I know that my heart sank as soon as I saw uh, the tweet itself. I mean, as Flames fans know, I'm probably one of the biggest Markstrom supporters around. Um, so, yeah, when you see your favorite player um, <laughs> get posted and, and get circulating on Twitter um, with a little eye emoji next to him, it's pretty obvious what that means. Right. And I, I mean, I know Kevin weeks is known to kind of stir the pot a little bit to get things moving. Like this isn't the first time he's been involved in something like this. Right. Um, but with his level of play lately, the fact that we do have a goalie coming up through the a, it doesn't make the rumors like unbelievable. Right. Like it, it, it we're approaching that time and, and that situation where we are going to have to move on from a goaltender. And it's it's kind of which one is it going to be at this point? And and Weeks seems to think it's Markstrom, just because he has been playing so well and that value has been rising back up in in the trade value area. But I don't know. We'll wait and see. Things have really died down um, since the tweet. It doesn't seem like there was a lot of uh, notoriety to it. Kind of seems like it was just a little out of pocket. It was during the dad's trip. Uh, I know a lot of the players were like, we don't even want to think about it or talk about it. We're focused on on, on hanging out with our family and winning some, ho- and winning some hockey games. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, he, they are going to have to move on at some point, and we'll see if something comes uh, closer to the deadline here. When was the last time Kevin Weeks tweeted anything of, like, actual credibility? I think it was the Zadorov trade request, like, this season. Probably, yeah. Because from what I remember, he was the first person to tweet about it. And it was a rare W. <laughs> he nailed that one on the head. The one, when I saw the tweet, I was kind of confused about, A, the timing, and B, how aggressive it was. Because he posted that eye emoji and then a period. Bro, why'd you put a period at the end? What? <laughs> 
Like, what's that supposed to mean? Why is he so aggressive? Most passive aggressive watch out for this name on the market tweet I've ever seen. And then Elliot Friedman, I guess uh, I'll play the audio clip. And obviously I trust Elliot Friedman more than I would trust Kevin Weeks. Flames and his brother is on the trip with him, so they do not want to talk about it. Calgary doesn't vote any of the rumors flying around Markstrom. Here's what I can tell you, though. Number one, I don't believe they've gone to him with anything, any possibility of what could happen. Number two, he has a no-move clause. And as the birthday boy, Kelly Rudy always argues, no one with a no-move clause should be even asked if they can have it moved or be traded. And I, from what I understand... Calgary has a very high bar here in terms of they're not going to bother Markstrom with just anything. It would have to be something massive for them or somewhere they absolutely believe Markstrom would want to go before they would even consider going to him. So I think that's where things stand with Markstrom and the Flames and anything right now. So yeah, the way Friedman puts it, it's going to take a high bar. And I mean, none of us refute that statement. I mean, that's pretty, pretty given, but you know why I don't know if the Flames are going to trade him this year? Because, because it's the perfect time to trade him. Like, his value is at the highest it's ever been, and I don't trust the fact that they're going to deal him. Maybe he gets dealt, because at this point, Vladar has no value, right? Yeah. And you have Vladar at 2.2 next year as well, and part of me wonders if they're just going to cut their losses on that contract anyway. It's hard for me to convince myself that a trade could work in season. I feel like it's more of an off-season thing. And I wonder if his trade value is going to change from now until the summer. And, and it very well could. I mean, that that's all going to depend on Markstrom, right? Like, Markstrom decides where his trade value is going to be at with how he plays. Um been good lately but um i don't know in my mind how much is it of this guy is too much of um a leader a mentor in that locker room to move on from right now i mean you look at the overhaul uh, of changes that this roster has made in the last two years lots of guys in and lots of guys out right is it too early to kind of move on from Markstrom's an older guy in the locker room. Obviously, a little plays a little bit more of a mentor role. He he's played more games, knows the league, stuff like that. Does that also sway your decision in trading him in season here? Like, is he one of those guys that's bringing this team together, especially over this past road trip? Like, like with the dads, like the hockey they were playing, everybody was coming together. It, does some of that rest on Markstrom's shoulders and? Does that come into consideration? There's so many moving pieces, especially with Markstrom being a starting goalie, getting older, having the off year last year and kind of coming back this year. There's just so many moving parts that go into it. I mean, to your point, that Vegas game, the only reason they won it, in my opinion, was because Jacob Markstrom was insane. He's clearly been this year's MVP, has he not? Like, first in goals saved above expected – Sixth in high danger saves, fourth in high danger save percentage, fifth in saves on the penalty kill, just on the PK. There are so many stats where this guy has just been insane. Since he's come back from injury, the Flames have gone six and three. With him in net, they're fifth in save percentage league-wide, fourth in high danger save percentage league-wide, second in high danger saves, 
second in goal saved above expected. That's just since returning from injury. He's been first, you know, year round. Well, <laughs> um, again, this is not an easy move to make either because I think if you trade Markstrom, that's the indicator of yeah, they're just they're 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 you know accepting that this season is a fail. And they're telling that to the guys that are in the room. Like, yeah, no, we know that you're not you – know, we know we're not a playoff team. This is how it starts. Bye-bye. I, I'm very glad you brought that up, actually. I, I'm very glad that you made that point because that is so true. Like, what happens with Markstrom here is going to tell you exactly what management and ownership is thinking of this team. Um, it'll be an exact tell – to what spot this team is sitting in and what the plan for the future is going to be. I'm very happy you said that because yeah, it's the indicator, right? Like everyone knows Lindholm's getting traded at this point. Everyone knows Hanev is likely getting traded. Still don't know what's going on with Hannafin, but I'm still leaning towards him probably getting dealt, even though I also do believe that this team definitely needs defensemen and we only have two signed into next year. Markstrom is the piece for me where trading him would be an acceptance of failure on both sides. Yep. He came here to win a cup. They signed him to be their starter. Six-year deal, full no-movement clause. Right. It, it was... Like the goal when he first came here was you're going you're gonna to help us win, right? So It was a six-year deal. Yeah. For a six year playoff run, right? Like it was like six years of trying to be competitive. Like that is pretty much what the contract was. Mm-hmm. And so trading that away to me goes, yeah, no, Risa. And I know that a lot of fans go, yeah, but it's easy because Dustin Wolf is in the pipeline and he can come in and be a starter. Okay. But I feel like Wolf needs someone who isn't Vladar to also mentor him into becoming a starter. And Let's say you cut ties with Markstrom, you cut ties with Ladar, Wolf becomes your starter. You could sign a veteran goaltender in the summer who can be a mentor for Wolf for cheaper than six million dollars. And yeah, go, go get Cam Talbot or something again. Yeah, exactly. Like you could <laughs> do that. Like no one would be complaining, like if they did that. That trade is the most dicey to me, the idea of that deal. Because A. What are you going to get back? It better be insane because you're not dealing a guy that has a year left. You're dealing a guy who will be a part of his potential new team for three playoff runs. At the end of the day, it's up to him. I don't know if you saw, but like Markstrom's wife posted this thing on her Instagram story talking about how they like redid their kitchen, like remodeled it and all this. Oh, he, he's not waving. He's not waving shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I'm, I was sitting there. I'm like, he's not. He's renovating his place here so that he could go play for the Devils. Yeah, okay, give me a break. Like, what are you talking about? So, to me, I, I'm just having a very hard time believing that they do it. Now, that being said, I do think there's a 50-50 chance because teams are desperate. Yeah, that, that's another thing I was going to bring up is look at the goalie market right now. Like, what would Toronto do for a goalie right now, right? Like, anything. Anything, Edmonton, Toronto, there's so many teams, and now goalies are getting hurt during that time of year. And te- like a team will pay a very hefty sum for a goalie this year. 
Um, and it's just about waiting and hopefully finding the right fit and the right return. Do you know who the last player and only player that the Flames have ever retained salary on in a trade? The last player? And the only player. And the only player. Ooh, I honestly, I, I don't think I can name him. David Riddick, when we sent him. Oh, to- no way. David Riddick's the only one? <laughs> so, it's really funny why is, talking to fans. Why did we retain salary on David Riddick? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just I just remember just when that happened, because I think his AKB at the time was 275. And they retained a bit so that they could get it done. I was like, what the f- Like, what? Why? <laughs> what? Anyways, the thing that I'm shocked about is when I'm talking to other fans, and they're like, oh, like, Flames could just retain, like, $2 million and get a haul. And I'm like, okay, so let's think about this for a second. They're going to be retaining on Lindholm. That's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to be retaining on Tanev. That's going to happen. Yeah. Whether ownership likes it or not, it's going to happen. Hannafin, they're likely going to do the same. So that's suddenly three retention slots. I don't see Markstrom being a retention slot unless they sign Hannafin. Unless they pivot and they're like, just kidding. No, Hannafin's a flame for the next eight years. And, and that could still very much happen. It could. Yeah. I, like, who, ugh, man, we'll get into trade comparables and stuff from this article that Sportsnet posted that. I have a little bit of beef with, but yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Again, it's it's crazy. I, I think a really interesting stat that I'm looking at right now. So last year, the Flames were ninth in expected goals against. So we were a very solid defensive team. Jacob Markstrom was 52nd in goals yeah. above expected. Yeah. This year, the Flames are 21st in expected goals against. So bottom half of the league in defensive teams. Jacob Markstrom's first in goal. <laughs> so not only is goaltending a very fickle thing, but I just sat and wondered like what would have happened if we had this if we had this goaltending last, last year. year? <laughs> like come on man. We would have <laughs> wagon last year. We wouldn't have <laughs> We wouldn't have been bitching about oh Huberto and oh Kadri and oh these guys. Like, we would have been a wagon, bro. We we would have been like 36, 5, and 4 right now. <laughs> it's just it, it's insane. I, I saw that and I was like, wow. So we're a rough five on five here with excellent goaltending. So the exact opposite of last the year. The exact opposite. Uh just yeah. Insanity. So yeah, I guess that's my two bits. I don't know if I trust Markstrom being dealt, and it's not for lack of return, having a lack of trust in what they could get back. It's more so convincing myself that the Flames would actually do it. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a an organizational thing on the Flames half, right? Like that's where, yeah. Like, if Conroy is even entertaining calls, could you imagine John Bean walking into the office? Dude would start sobbing. Like, he'd go to the corner, sit down, sit hunched over, and start bawling his eyes out. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm not saying that it won't happen. I'm just saying if it does happen, I'd be shook. 
We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 years of age and varies by jurisdiction. This offer is void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Now, after all that, let's go back to the show. All right. So, in other news, Oliver Shillington. <laughs> Was back with the Wranglers. Jacob yeah. back with the Wranglers, except he's still not taking contact, but it's at least coming along. Dennis Gilbert is close to returning. And uh, Kevin Rooney, who got the same injury as Peltier, but in a practice situation, which is still insane to me. He's also, you know, on the way back, reporting to the Wranglers. Jan Kuznetsov had his NHL debut. We also had that crazy Cutter Gauthier trade not involving the Flames. Yeah, happened in this. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that was insane. But um, I, I don't want to bring it up just briefly because it does have implications. Like, yeah, we can touch on it for sure. Within division, and I mean we we've dealt with a a similar situation here in Calgary, so I think we could have a little insight into this. I would just like to thank Cutter Goche for the media no longer having to reference a team snaking as the Adam Fox. This is a fifth overall pick, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very bad look, right? Like, very, very bad luck on Cutter. I don't know if he's entirely in the wrong. I don't think he is. Um, but I also don't think he gave the organization of the Flyers a fair shot. Um, obviously as well, maybe people don't know, but the Flyers have been going through, uh, organizational changes, management, uh, coaches, just kind of like a whole overhaul and Cutter Gauthier was actually like the last big draft pick of the old management. Um, so he was kind of over the last couple of years, I think he's kind of got lost in translation, uh, a, a little bit between management groups. And the communication wasn't there. I believe he wasn't even signed to his entry-level contract yet. And he is an NCAA guy um, and putting up very good numbers in the NCAA, uh, over a point per game in his two years there. And for a guy to be playing in college and have over a point per game uh, in back-to-back seasons and not be signed to an entry-level contract is kind of unheard of in the hockey world. Um and then at the World Juniors this year, uh, the Flyers finally uh, wanted to approach and meet with Cutter Gauthier, 
But after the two years of management overhaul and, and so many things getting lost in translation, Cutter being one of them, didn't feel like he wanted to or needed to talk to the Flyers, therefore shutting them down, not meeting with them. And a couple days later, he is moved instantly as the Flyers come out and say they're not messing with this childish BS. And quite frankly, I think they're they have every right to say that and and make the make the move that they, that they did. I thought it was a good piece of work from Breer's end. Um, yep. Jamie Drysdale getting traded for a guy that hasn't even signed his ELC yet was crazy to me because now it opens up the possibility of, all right, so what you going to do with Trevor Zegers? Both of those negotiations were more than sour. And it also disgusts me that a divisional rival has a growing core of, let's say they keep Trevor Zegers. Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish, Leo Carlson, Cotter Gauthier. Troy Terry. I don't even want to keep talking. Troy Terry. Yeah. Then they traded away Drysdale, but they still have guys in their pipeline that have number one yeah. potential. <laughs> Zell Wigger's still a puck-moving D-man. They got that uh... – they have a couple good young D-men from the uh, World Junior teams a couple of years ago. It, it, it makes me sick. It makes me sick seeing a divisional rival have a future looking like that. So that's why I figured we'd bring it up because it's also kind of a big piece of news, a fifth overall pick requesting a trade. Like, that's that's crazy. Um, it's just a crazy situation. And, and I love all the uh, – like, you just wanted to grab your popcorn and just dig into it, right? Like, it was – you had the Chicklets guys, they were blowing up the situation. And then, ah, oh, like, I just loved it. Like, everybody got involved and everybody had their own their own uh, two cents on the situation. But, mm. yeah, crazy. So, Elias Lindholm is our all-star. How do we feel about that? Shouldn't be. <laughs> like, Blake yeah. Coleman, baby. The Texas Tigers. The Texas Tigers. Like, <laughs> six players that I have listed that I looked up. He has more points than all six. You ready to hear them? Stutzlow, Kirill Kaprizov, John Tavares, Connor Bedard, obviously, Clayton Keller, and Jeff Skinner. Those are six guys that he has more points than this season. You know who he has more goals than? Connor McDavid. Does he have more goals? I was going to say McDavid, but does he have more goals than McDavid this year? Holy crap. I've been a fan of Blake Coleman since we signed him. And I always defended him even when people were like, oh, 4.9 million and for what? For like another backland. I'm like, okay, first of all, screw you. There's nothing wrong with that type of player. Second of all, this was kind of the Coleman that I was expecting when we signed him. If you look at his goal scoring rates back when he was with the Devils and with the Lightning, they were incredibly strong the same way they are now. They were, yeah. His scoring chance generation and his on-ice impact has always been strong here. Like, this is year three. They've always been strong year by year. The difference is, is this year, the finishing is coming. The puck is going in. So you're seeing that hard work pay off. First of all, his tweet about the Cowboys had me laughing like, Poor guy knows how we feel now. He's like being a Cowboys fan feels like watching the same movie every year and being shocked that the ending stayed the same. Welcome Buddy. to our world. 
<laughs> Buddy, you play for the Flames, bud. <laughs> like, how do you think we feel, fam? What? Um, no, but uh, like just a great story, right? Like finally getting it to click here, and it's not just him. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna add uh, Huberto and Sharon Govich to this conversation right now too, because how much have those two lines been building off one another? It it, it seems now that either one gets in on the forecheck and and creates like a minute of constant pressure. Then you get the change, and the next one to come on capitalizes off of it. Like it's everybody is working as one. And honestly, I'm fully sold into it's the dads, and these guys just want to play for their dads. There's nothing else. Um, why stop the dads trip now? Let's keep the party going. I'm pretty sure the dads uh, have nothing to do for the rest of the year. Let me check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they could sit and watch hockey for the rest of the year. Um, have them at the dome, like give them their own little section. Let them get wild. Like the guys loved it. I mean, I've never seen the Flames play so well than that on the dad's is, trip. Are you kidding me? Dude, that that Arizona game was a joy. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Every and, game was a joy. I turned on the TV, like kicked my feet up, like I knew the Flames were gonna win. Like I knew they were playing the best hockey ever. I, it, I it felt like that last week. It literally felt like the 21-22 season. Like I was like, oh, I'm turning the TV on and I'm watching the double. You were excited to turn on the TV and watch the Flames win just because like you knew it was gonna happen. And yeah, I guess you brought up Huberto and Sharon Govich. Huberto, you, your New Year's resolution was that. Huberto looks closer to that $10.5 million player. Buddy, listen. He said, wee oui, wee, oui, because, oh, my God, <laughs> he's looking good. He's looking good, dude. He's at a point per game, last eight games. But not just the fact that he's at a point per game. It's the fact that you evidently see creation. And yeah. you see those high-danger plays being made that Sharon Govich had in Arizona. Yeah. Oh. What did I what did I tell you about Sharon Govich? Like at the start was like didn't know too much, but once I went and watched that film, I was like, this guy's this guy's got it. And if he can find it, oh I love Sharon Govich. Like he is my favorite flame probably right now. He scored the Mario Hattie, dude. He had a short-handed goal, a goal at even strength, and a goal in the power play. And a power play goal. I did some digging, and I was wondering, I was like, when was the last time that happened? I was talking to the In the Dome guys, and he brought up that the last time that happened was Backland against the Canucks in 2016. Backland in 2016. That was eight years ago. (laughs) So before then, you had... Guys doing it in the 80s and 90s, obviously. Yeah. Hattie for a reason. Huberto and Sharon Govich clicking at the way that, on paper at least, I was hoping they would be clicking when that yeah. was put together at the start of training camp. Seeing them play the way that they're playing, it's insane. And also, I would like to just offer Flames PR a little bit of advice. Why is Sharon Govich's nickname Sharky in the locker room? You have the best nickname on planet earth for a duo right on a silver platter and you're not using it instead of hooby dooby doo and sharky it's hooby doo and shaggy <laughs> get the whole mystery machine up in this bitch. Yeah. 
it's right there on a silver platter. I don't know. <clears throat> I, uh, it's just, it's right there. It's beautiful. And more of it. Now we have a six game homestand coming up and then we have the all-star break right after this. This is a huge, huge homestand. At least the hockey is fun to watch and it's yeah. enjoyable. And you actually are watching games knowing there's a chance that we might be winning the game. So, yeah, like a big homestand here, uh, a chance to get back in the race a little bit. Um, but going back to your point, uh, like when Huberto and Sharon Govich, when we first found out that they'd be in Calgary together, like this, this was your perfect scenario, right? Like it was Lindholm centering. Sharon Govich and Huberto and they found chemistry and at the start we didn't really see that happen obviously but now it's coming on and that is the best sight that you could see as a Flames fan right now if Sharon Govich can bring Huberto even somewhat close back to what he was and, and find that possession offensive game that Huberto likes to play um, it's going to make a world of difference for this hockey team over the next coming years. We've seen it for two weeks now, and I'm in love. So more it's, of that. it's beautiful. It's <laughs> more, more of that, please. <laughs> like there's no worry in the world when they're doing that on offense. I, I just, oh, yeah. That's awesome. About a week ago, Sportsnet posted an article called Sportsnet's 25 NHL trade candidates to watch. Two months away from the deadline. The reason I bring it up is because they mentioned the asking price for Hannafin and the asking price for Lindholm in that article. There's no author behind it. It just says Sportsnet staff. So I'm trying to hunt down whoever's capping about that Hannafin value, and I'm going to – I'll figure it out. So to start, their asking price for Noah Hannafin, they wrote it down as a first and a prospect. For Lindholm – they said a first top prospect and a serviceable NHLer. That I buy because yeah. Zach Eichel went for that package. Bo Horvat went for that package. Yeah. That to me, Lindholm's going for that package internally. Yep. That's what I expected. But Hannafin for a first and a prospect. Um, let me just pull up past deadline deals involving defensemen, shall we? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure D men and. Uh... I'm pretty sure Hannafin's the number one D-man that is available. I'm pretty sure he's going to demand more than that. So, Rasmus Ristolainen. He's terrible. He's so bad. (laughs) I really hope Brad goes and gets him, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wanted him when he was here. He wants him again. (laughs) Yeah. So, if you take a look at past deadline deals. Rasmus reached a line into Philly from the Sabres. He went for a first, a second in Robert Haig. Hampus Lindholm going to the Bruins from the Ducks went for a first, two seconds, John Moore and Urho Vakanainen. Orlov and Hathaway to the Bruins went for a first, second, a third, and Craig Smith. And Hathaway holds barely any weight in that trade. And Eckholm to the Oilers, a first, <laughs> Schaefer, a former first, fourth, yeah. Tyson Berry. Ronick to the Canucks for a first and a second. Jacob Chikrin to the Senators for a first and two seconds. So don't hit me with that first and a prospect. No. Hannafin, 
prime age, if he does get dealt, it's going to look like this. Sorry, I just got distracted by the fact that the Canucks just fleeced the crap out of the NHL with that heroic trade. But yeah, um, okay, like he went for the least amount of return. Yep, and he is the best by a mile. No, Detroit actually paid more. They they added a fourth to get it done. So it was Ronick. Send him there. They yeah. added a fourth to send him there. Yeah, yeah, it was Ronick and a fourth for a first and a second. Brutal. Just brutal. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to demand more than, than that. Um, especially because he is such a minute eater, right? Like he's one of those guys that skates so unbelievably well. It doesn't matter what zone he's in, um, <clears throat> whether it be in transition, in his own zone, on the blue line. Everything about his edge work and his skating is perfect. He is a bona fide top four guy. Like, it's everything you're looking for in a D-man. It's kind of a wait-and-see game still here. We'll see which direction the Flames are looking to go. Probably we won't find out till after the All-Star break, you think, hey? How this homestand turns out, I think, is the indicator. The deadline is March 8th. 8th? Okay. I knew it was at the start of March. I just wasn't sure which day. Yeah, there's still there's still a bit to go here, but I do think... Post All Star break is when you're going to start seeing teams, you know, yeah, find what their needs are, what they are, and you know, executing their plans accordingly. Yeah, so I just have a little bit of beef to pick with Sportsnet staff on that return. You biffed that yep. job, guys. Yep. You know who else biffed? NHL.com writers. Do they even watch the Western Conference? Like, do they watch? Did they don't even know Calgary exists? We play in the AHL. That's what they think. <laughs> so, based off of the NHL's post yesterday, they said they're so proud of themselves, too, the way they marketed this post. 15 NHL.com writers, blah, cost, cast their vote. Points were awarded on a 5 4 3 2 1 basis. Their top four Connor Bedard, 75 points. Luke Hughes, 47 points. Adam Fantilli, 36 points. Brock Faber, 24. Others receiving 10-plus points. Marco Rossi and Pyotr Kachetkov. Oh, Pytor Kachetkov. So, where the hell's Connor Zari, man? It's okay to stay up past 9 p.m., those of you on the East Coast. I highly advise, stay up past 9 p.m., watch number 47 play some hockey. This guy... Is second in points per 60 by all NHL rookies. Like, come on. And, and he's, he's gaining on Bedard. I mean, Bedard's out here with a broken jaw. Um, I know he's itching to get going. It's kind of funny, that situation. But uh, Zari is gaining on him. And this road trip, the dad's trip, Zari played phenomenal uh, again. And, oh God, even Pospisil, man. Some of the passes that guy makes. Holy crap. Um, but... Like, how is this guy not in the discussion? I don't understand. Like, points per 60, you're telling me he's ranked second to Connor Bedard, and he's not being talked about. Not even a mention. If you look at the list, I have it in front of me, you have Bedard, Zari, Veronikov. Veronikov. Like, the guy from Columbus? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Veronikov, Fantilli. Patra, Carlson, Evangelista, Greg, Rossi, Brink. 
Zari's second after Bedard of less games played with the rest of the guys in that crop, like Fantilli, like Faber, etc. So it's just because we play in Calgary. Like, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so... They, yeah, they'd rather have their beauty sleep than watch the Flames. I don't understand the level of disrespect that you, when you have voting credentials, you should have a grasp on what's going on around the league. You can't tell me that you know people are able to build stacked-ass fantasy teams and you can't sit and watch the rookies in the league and rank them accordingly. Yeah. Because- uh, yeah, like, I mean... Like, we could do a better job. Like, yeah, we're Flames fans, but, like, we know what's going on around the league other than the Flames. Like, Yeah, like, I'm not uh, I'm not living... It doesn't with... take that much work to figure out. Like, You just have to have Sportsnet on every morning when you're drinking <laughs> coffee. Like, it's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. So impressed with Sari, uh, especially that play he made against uh, Vegas. The in behind the net kind of wait to flip it out in front kind of thing, like just the patience and poise that the kid has. And I know um, he was supposed to be one of those guys that kind of just got lost in translation uh, in this organization. Like there was a lot bigger picks, like bigger names ahead of him, right? Like Peltier, guys like that. Nobody really thought that Zari would have uh, this big of an impact and especially this fast, but Man, he's gotten a shot and he's just ran with it. And he's not turning he's not turning away. He's not giving it to anybody. Like he wants this. And yeah, it was about time you saw a Flames rookie take that kind of uh action and bring it upon himself. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bump Kadri up into the A plus because I think he's already drone uh drone like twenty five penalties this year. So I'm just gonna bump him up into the A plus. That guy gets tripped more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's so good at it. As soon as he feels a stick anywhere, it's just, oh, <laughs> time to lay down. Yeah, and it's not even like the wuss type energy that Nick Sealer gave being like double Zari's size and diving, yeah. like full-on throttle <laughs> to go flirt with the Little Mermaid. It was <laughs> straight, it's straight up like he's second after Brady Kachuk in that category. Yeah. Which is awesome. He does it consistently, and yeah, he does it well. So, and the power play is coming on. So, keep doing it. Let's go. Power play is not grueling to watch because at least they're moving the puck. It's honestly, yeah. it's insane. That's how- all. Oh fuck you! It took, it took a year and a half, dude. But at least now it's at least watchable. <laughs> all oh, we man. ever asked for was to move the goddamn puck on the power play. Like, that was all we feet. ever wanted. <laughs> Move your feet! What is this? You look like pylons. It's like, oh my goodness. Just, uh, well, it, it's good now. We're at least kind of. I mean, at least, at least I'm not scratching my eyes out when we're on the yeah. mountain now. It's yeah, somewhat competent, which I'll take. At least it's not like, holy shit! I would rather play on the penalty kill all game than the power play. Yeah, like because for a year and a half, that's where we were at. So, yeah. Zari needs more love. Huberto and Sharon Govich should now be known as Hoobidoo and Shaggy. Thank you very much. Sportsnet's got to adjust their trade value bar on Noah Hannafin, and you might want to pay attention to a team that isn't the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you very much. Yep. The All-Star game's coming up. Blake Coleman should be there. And 
yeah, we're getting closer to Shillington, Peltier, and Gilbert returning. And Jacob Markstrom is going to keep dominating. True. And we'll see, I guess, how narratives progress as we get closer to March 8th. Yeah, if you guys like this episode, hit that like button, subscribe. For more content like this and more unorganized but passionate rants from the two of us, you can follow us on streaming and on Instagram at Into the Flames. Huge six-game homestand coming up, and then we have the All-Star break. We'll reconvene after this homestand and kind of hopefully have new new stuff to talk about, and I'm sure we will because narratives are changing every day now. So should be good. Let's go get six more. Go Flames, go. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go Flames, yeah, go. Yeah, thanks for listening.